gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Sideline Junkies proudly present to you the Sunday Rise. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG, sitting in with the boss, BJ. What's Welcome, up, brother. What's up, big guy? What's going on, baby? Ain't nothing, man. Just, uh, I, I, I had to, I needed to get this done because things had to be done. Um, I, I really need to hear your, uh, your opinion on some things today because your Wizards played today. Uh, that they did. And I, I didn't want to seem like I was infringing or pressing you out, but I needed to hear from the one and the only boss BJ on the Wizards performance today. So that's why I think we'll start off. You go ahead and you let me hear what you got to say about the Wiz kids game. Game one loss to the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. Uh, final score of 125 to 118. Um, the Wizards, for the most part, I think they came out and played a, a good game. I'm not going to say they played a great game because they lost. Um, MB got in foul trouble early, and I know that hampered the way he wanted to play defense. So um, I guess let's, let's get right into it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, it was this big back and forth between Russell Westbrook and Stephen A. Smith and Stephen A. Smith for, you know, kind of like sum it up, basically was saying like, look, you're a great player. The, the triple doubles are great, you know, but you play to win a game. You play to win championships and playoffs. And when it comes that time of the year for playoffs, you're nowhere to be found. The triple double Russ that we've seen all year is nowhere to be found. Um, and look, I don't, I'm not going to, this is not a Russ bashing, bashing. I, I don't want to be, it's just my opinion, you know, and I love to hear other people's opinion. So, and I want to, I want to put that out there because some opinion has been going back and forth on another topic we're going to cover that, you know, has been on fire this week. So I'm watching this game. I'm, I'm watching Russell Westbrook absolutely shit bricks mid-range. Like, there were a couple that didn't hit the rim, okay? And I'm just looking like, wow, like, are you fucking serious? Like, you're not even hitting the rim. Brad got off to a slow start, which, you know, he, he, he picked it up. Third quarter, Brad was rolling. Second and third quarter, Brad was rolling. Third, in, the, in some of the fourth quarter. Um, I thought he did, and somebody else said, I think it was Keith. He said it. Brad did way too much complaining. Way too much complaining. It's like every time he went to the hole, he was complaining about, you know, not getting the calls and stuff. Like, look, you know, that's understandable. But you got to play. It's like it, I felt like just a little bit he was playing for the call and not playing for the bucket. You know, that's something you can't control. You just got to go strong and... Make it do what it do. If you get the call, you don't. You got to get back on defense and live to fight another possession. Um, late in this game, the Wizards had a span. I think it was, an, either, it was either a three or three-minute span or five-minute span where they had five, five turnovers in the fourth quarter. Okay? I'm looking. I'm sitting at my TV. I'm watching this game. And KG knows it's really hard for me to sit down and watch games. It just, you know, it is what it is. You know, I like to watch the 
uninterrupted highlights without the commercials. That's where I am right now in my watching games. But I wanted to sit down and watch this game. And it come a point in the fourth quarter. Now, we're talking about game one of a playoff game. We're not talking about a regular season game. We're not talking about the Wizards of 60 and 20 and they got the, the third seed wrapped up and, you know, it's garbage time. We're talking about game one of a close game where the Wizards should have won. And it's a lot more I'm going to get into. KG, don't mute your shit. You get on here and you talk to me. <laughs> I'm here. Look, you got the flow, man. I, wanna nah, hear, nah, I nah, want you to get all of it out. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't want the floor completely. I want you on here. I want, you know, I want to hear what you got to say, too. And I want you to stop me if you got something to say, if I bring up something that triggers something in your head. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to tell you why the Wizards lost. Tobias Harris got 37. But Now, well, Tobias I'll, Harris is a man. I love Tobias Harris. He's a walking bucket. Right, but you can stop him. Let Embiid do his thing, like you said. Let him be, do his thing. Don't double him be, shut everybody else down. But see, that's, I'm not. Toby even, shouldn't have scored that much. No, 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 no. I, I disagree with you. Tobias Harris, if you if you played, if you watch this game, and you watch him since he come in the league, he's one of those players. Once he gets going, scoring, it's hard to stop him. That's, that's true, indeed. That's his game. He's offensive. He's you know he's not. A, everybody got their niche when they're playing he's an offensive player and he's good he is very to, mm-hmm. i'm not mad uh tobias had 37. Hey. i'm mad and I, I'm, I'm trying not to skip all over the place let me go okay. back to what i was saying okay five turnovers i think it was five turnovers in five minutes five they just sloppy with the ball uh, <laughs> man i want to throw my damn phone um <laughs> Here, here's where I lost it. Robin Lopez for two straight possessions. I think it was two straight possessions. Had the ball, shooting the ball in game one of the playoffs with the game on the line. They put the ball in Robin Lopez's hands. You got, I don't think Brad was on the floor. You got Russ, even though Russ shoot bricks. You got Russ. Uh, I don't know if Davis was on the floor or not. I can't even remember who was on the floor. And I don't care. But the ball shouldn't be in Robin Lopez's hands. And Robin's a dog. I love I love how Robin played. What he what he brings to the table defensively, off, mm-hmm. you know, rebounds and stuff, you know. I love that. But it's no way. You're telling me y'all practice for and go through all y'all plays and stuff for Robin Lopez to be shooting a fucking ball in the fourth quarter twice mm-hmm. under, I think it was under three minutes, under five. It had to be under three minutes, or under five minutes, one or the other, because I'm getting my numbers mixed up in my head. And like, I'm looking around the room at nobody. I'm like, are y'all, are y'all seeing this? Am I tripping? Did Robin Lopez just shoot? One of them he made, but he, um, the shot clock expired. Mm. And I'm like, why does Robin Lopez have the ball right now? Okay, that's one. Sloppy, sloppy. They play sloppy ball. That should have been a Washington Wizards win. They play very sloppy. To be that close, um, Philadelphia blew it open. I want to say they blew it open in the third quarter. They went on a run. Um, they got lucky in the first half with uh, Seth Curry not hitting his shots. And then guess what? In the second half, guess who got in the rhythm? Because I couldn't understand 
why they kept doubling Joel Embiid. Now, the point of a double team is to stop the man from scoring or make him pass out of what he's doing. You know, lock him up so he can't do anything. Joel Embiid still had 30 points. Mm-hmm. So what the hell is the point of the double team? Why double? He's an MVP candidate for a reason. I'm not double teaming Joel Embiid. I thought Daniel Gaffrey had a hell of a game. Hell of a game. Mm-hmm. I thought he again. had a hell, again. I thought he had a hell of a game, and that that is something the Wizards Tommy Shepard won on that Chicago Bulls streak. Getting Daniel Gafford on that, he is a starter on this team. I didn't like the three guard setup. They let Neto. They had Neto, Bill, Westbrook. Um, Alex Lynn and Hachimura. I didn't like that something. three-guard setup. Alex Lynn and uh, the Midnight Rider, Ben, he hit me up. He said, Alex Lynn think he's still at Merlin because he is balling. I said, yeah, he is getting his man. He is balling. He is absolutely and, – and, and me and you kind of, you know, had the little, the little side eye when they got Alex Lynn. I was like, ah. I'm like – and it's the same thing we was talking about with Kwame Brown. When you have that size – People are like, man, you can't teach size. Let's see, let's see if we get them in a different environment, in a different system, we can work with them. And mm-hmm. he's been working. Same thing with Gafford. Different environment, different system, and he's he been, been a dog. Balling. Gafford has been balling. I, I'm like, I love him. I'm, I don't know why he's not starting, because I'm about to go to who shouldn't be starting right now. And I'm very disappointed. And I said this in our Facebook chat. I think Rural Hachimura had a Kwame Brown tribute game. Now, 12 and 5. Look, look. 36 minutes. 12 and 5 and getting absolutely roasted by Tobias Harris. Yeah. Tobias, Tobias Harris took him off the dribble, posted him up, everything. And, and it's like, you would have thought this is the first time he played Tobias Harris. They've been playing all year. Hachimura today looked completely lost. And the sad thing is. They need him to win the game. They need Hachimura to be productive. If that's what I'm, and, and, and this is something I'm going to go back to, and I hate, I know people that are listening and I'm bouncing around. It's just so much in my head. This is what I've been saying all season, all last season. It comes down to coaching. If I'm Scott Brooks, Hachimura's not starting next game. Gafford's starting. Gafford, Alex Lynn. Bertans, I don't know why Bertans isn't starting. I don't I didn't like the, the three guard setup. I didn't like that. Because instantly you got Doc Rivers on the other side. Guess what Philadelphia was doing instantly? They were going inside. Mm-hmm. You got six seven Ben Simmons. Brad's only six four. Russ is only six four. You got Neto on the floor. Like who's who's supposed to check? Hachimura's not checking these people. You, but you Philly to, had a three-guard setup, too. Yeah, but their guards are bigger. Yeah, Danny Green, Ben Simmons, and Seth Curry. Those are their three guards. And, and I, Toby's I got, uh, six, six, eight. And uh, I'm trying to find a, a thigh bull. Their guard, yeah. the, he, he's a dog. He's a dog. He had, he had a tough assignment. He had to check Bill all game. And he was in Bill's face all game. He made it hard for Bill. And look. When you get to the NBA level, if you play basketball, any level, you ain't got to be an NBA level. You know it's just certain people on the court, they're going to get their points. But if you're a defensive dog, you're going to make it tough. And Thibault made 
Brad work for those buckets. He was in his grill all game. And guess what? They never double-teamed Brad. <clears throat> they let Thibault, like, look, that's your assignment today. You take it. If he's, We know Brad going to score. Make it difficult for him. Frustrate him. And guess what? He did. Brad was complaining at the rim, trying to get calls. He was frustrated. You know what I'm saying? And they're, here, they're sitting here double-teaming Joel Embiid. Letting everybody else shoot. They're double-teaming off Seth Curry. Why not double-team off Ben Simmons? Why not double-team off of Thibault? Why not double-team off of... I don't even know who else is on the floor for them. Um, ah, shit. George Hill. I mean, I know Danny Green can shoot, but it's just like... Why are you double-teaming Joel? Don't double-team Joel and me. Let Alex Lynn work. If he get in foul trouble, you got to bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. That is that. That's just what it is. Um, I did not like the, the shot selection in the fourth quarter, and it was like that was the only time for me the shot selection was in question. Like I just didn't understand. Y'all don't have any plays. It shouldn't be any plays in the book offensively for Robin Lopez, and that's not a knock on Robin Lopez. I'm just saying there's too many offensive hands. Bertans, Russ. Bill, Hachimura, hell, Alex Lynn, mm-hmm. Ben Smith, Gafford. It's too many offensive hands for Robin Lopez to be shooting the ball in the fourth quarter of a, a playoff game. That's just unacceptable. But, like I've said, somebody tweeted, can you fire a coach mid-game? And I knew who <laughs> they were talking about. I knew who they were talking about because – they lost this game because they were playing checkers. And Doc is over there playing chess. Mm-hmm. They had this game, KG. They had this game. They were up one at the half. When you look at the half, that, that was shocking to everybody. Like, damn, the Wizards are, are playing ball. And they should have been up more because they squandered a lot of opportunities in the first half. They should have but- been up more than that. Look, look at this. This is the final stats. They outshot Philly 55% to 49%. From, <clears throat> from behind the arc. <clears throat> oh, shit. I'm choking here. Hold on. No, don't choke on me. Uh, from behind the arc. Outshot Philly 40% to 31%. From the line, 80% to 69%. Out rebounding 41 to 40 26 assists to Philly's 27 assists. Mm-hmm. But they had 15 turnovers. And the Russ, points in the paint, they killed them in the paint. Russ had six turnovers. Bill had six turnovers. Bill was one for six for three. And Russ was 0 for two. Russ, we already talked about that. Russ shouldn't be shooting anything behind that arc. But guess what? Your coach don't have the balls to tell him that. It, be, it would just be one time. They would have to fire me. He would come to that sign line and say, if you shoot that ball again from the arc, I'm going to break your hand. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm gonna make all you, you can do is respect it. I'm gonna, you, you shoot again from behind that arc, I'm going to break your I don't care if you open or not. Don't shoot that ball. If you open and they leave you open, you better step inside the arc. We talking but the about, thing is. We're talking about 10, a 10-footer and a 5-footer. He completely bricked them. Yeah. <clears throat> It was one where he pulled up in the lane and it was short. 
and he got the rebound and he hit the pump fake in the middle and laid it in. That's your game. That's your game. Your game is the slash because nobody's going to get in your way going to the hole. And if they do, you're going to the line. That's Russ's game. Russ shooting threes. If you haven't learned anything, learn that Russ shooting threes is not how you win a game. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand why we're even talking about this. That it's not like this is his second year in the league, and you think he will, you know he's going to be a better shooter. He is what he is right now. Mm-hmm. And back to the point I was saying about you know what Stephen A. Smith was saying about it. Where's the triple double, Russ? We haven't seen a triple double all playoffs. Oh, that is true. No <laughs> triple double in the playoffs. Not yet. Three games. No triple double. Okay. Um, Brad, I'm out. He's 33, 10, and 6. I thought he was going to have a triple double. He had like, I wouldn't say he had like six or seven rebounds in the first half. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought he was, I was like, shit, he, he picking up all, all where Russ was. He, he might have a triple double. But um, coaching, Hachimura's. Like I said, he had a Kwame Brown tribute game. <laughs> like, like shit, I'm going to honor him today. And I'm going to look lost as fuck out here. And I'm going to let Tobias Harris roast me. Like, it just, we talk about it. We've talked, we, we, how long have we been podcasting? Uh, officially, wow, since 2017. Okay, and, and since 2017. And I guess you call us old school because I'm 40. It's only a certain amount of time you're gonna roast me before I clothesline you on the floor. You might Pretty roast much. you might roast me the rest of the game. But now I, you got clotheslined mm. or a hard ass foul. You're not I knocked gonna, you off your game. Man, just for a little bit. I just want you to think about it. Because for whatever reason you're toasting me. And Hashimura does, doesn't have that in him. Not yet. Not yet. Hey man, I I'm not waiting for it. We're in the playoffs now. Right. This, this ain't the November, December where you can develop. We're in the playoffs. That's why I told you, Gaffer start next game. If I'm I'm Scott Brooks, I, I don't. I just don't understand why Gaffer's not starting. He came off the bench, twelve six and two, six for six field goals. <laughs> Again, and another monster is dunk. Yeah. <clears throat> like his dunks, he get open in the middle and he cuts to the basket. And I'm like, where were you at in Chicago? Now I could get you to do that on 2K, but where were you at in real life? Bro, I, you know, I don't watch the Bulls game, so I can't comment on that. But maybe he wasn't getting the opportunity, you know? Quite possible. Quite possible. Ben Simmons had six points, 15 rebounds, and 15 assists. Mm-hmm. He understood the assignment. He understood what his game is. And he played his game. A block, a steal, two turnovers. Uh, like I said, Embiid, 36-3. and three. Uh, Tobias, 37-6-2. Um, tie ball, no points, one assist. But guess what? Two steals, two blocks. And I told you, he was in Brad shit the whole game. Mm-hmm. The whole game. And I was like, who is that, man? That, that dude right there, like, Doc is one of them coaches. He understands that everybody can't be a star. You have to you have to coach like that. You have to be on, upfront honest with people. Like, look, you're not coming out here scoring 15 and 20 points. I need you to be on bread all game. That's your assignment. That's your task. Cause they don't, you know what I'm saying? After Brad is 
They don't have a big three. It's Russ and Brad and then everybody else. Bertans when he wants to shoot because he had a really bad game. I forgot. I think it was the first game. They lost to the Celtics. Like Bertans is there to shoot threes. And okay. And, and let me tell you something else I didn't like. Speaking of Bertans, Bertans went to the hole, and I think it was Thibault hit him on the head kind of hard. And, and Bertans turned around and had some words with him. There were no wizards that ran over there. That's a problem. <clears throat> it was no wizards that kind of ran over there. Now, look, even if you, you feel like Bertans was complaining, you tell him afterwards. But in a playoff game, the whole every wizard on the floor should have ran over. He's like, nah, 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 we're not having that. We're not having that. You know what I'm saying? Because Bertans kind of backed off because it was, I think it was three Philadelphia 76s right there. Mm-hmm. Rush should have ran over there, Bill, everybody. And then afterwards, you'd be like, man, he ain't hit your ass hurt. Don't do that again. You know, but you're supposed to take it, especially in the playoff game. Anytime you want to call, but in a playoff game, you're supposed to show some strength in numbers. Like, nah, 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 we not having that, son. We not having that. Back up. Set the tone. Let them know you're not, nah, we not doing that. Don't hit them again like that. You know what I'm saying? That, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um, KG, I don't care how many games they won down the stretch. They the eighth seed in the playoffs. Congratulations. But if Scott Brooks is is at the helm of this team starting the next season, no, I I, I wouldn't know what to say. It would be a travesty, or as my grandmother would say, a crying shame. Crying shame. I think that's the best way to, to describe it because I, I said it uh, a couple weeks ago uh, when Washington was going through their little slump. Now, mind you, they were 16 and 7 over the course of the last month and a half of the season, which is not bad. But Scott Brooks is not a motivator. He doesn't motivate these guys to play better. It's like he doesn't ask for uh, more out of them when he should. It's like he they give him whatever they give him, and he's happy with it. And he's happy with it, and he did, then he's sitting in the press conference making excuses for him. Yeah. You know, patting him on the back, and they try hard now. Now, the hell with that. Especially with Russ on that team, Brad being what he is, you need somebody that can get in their shit from time to time. And Scott Brooks don't do that, and, and that's what's missing. Like, this should have been a Wizards W. Yeah, and down the stretch, the play call, the the ball handle—it's like, what is going on? Russ has been in the playoffs before. Brad has too. Yeah, and I they mean, both went deep. That, and that's what I'm saying. It's like this isn't y'all first rodeo. What are y'all doing? <clears throat> because what do I always say? It's not on. Even though I, you know, I'm talking shit about Hachimura, right? It's not on Hachimura. It's not on Neto. It's not on Alex Lynn. It's not on Bertans. It's Smith, Gafford, Robin Lopez. It comes down to your stars. That's where you're going to make or break you. Can't, and don't get me wrong. If you if Bertans goes 7 for 10 for threes, that, that's even better. But it comes down to, are you going to, like the 76ers, is Embiid going to 
give it, get us through the game. He carried him. He carried him, getting double teamed. So what does that tell you? Like, okay, maybe we shouldn't double team him because he still got 30 on us. And that can't happen. I don't know what the strategy was to double team Embiid. I'm going to let Embiid do what he's going to do because he's gonna, it don't matter. He's going to dominate. But you got to realize you can't leave a Danny Green open. You can't leave a Seth Curry open. You can leave a Ben Simmons open, but if you give him enough room, you're not going to give him the jumper. But if he can put the ball on the floor and get to the cup, he's going to make that shot at least 75% of the time. And, and, that's, and that's what I'm saying. And I, I, I just didn't understand why you're double teaming off of Seth Curry. Why you're double teaming off of um, George Hill, Danny Green. Why are you double teaming off of shooters? I'd rather just be like, look, I t- tell Alex, look, you on your own. Just like Doc Rivers told Thibault, you on your own. We're not doubling Brad. You on your own. He had the confidence in him. Like, look, you got him. You know, if he score, he score. Don't worry about it, but just put the clamps on him. Make it tough for him. Make him work for his buckets. That's all you could do with great scores. They did it to Mike. They did MJ. They did it to Kobe. Tracy McGrady. You know, all your great scores. You, you're not going to stop them from scoring. Try to mm-hmm. make it difficult. You know, you might have to put a hard foul on American. Nothing, nothing, you know, you're not trying to injure them, but something to just be like, hey, don't, you come to the hole, this is what you get. You can be mad all you want, but you come back to the hole, you're getting a hard foul. And, and I hate to say this, but this is where they miss Markeith Morris. This is where they miss Markeith Morris. Somebody, because I guarantee you, when Bertans got hit and that little scuffle, guess who would have been over there first? Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris. We, we talk shit about him all the time. But Markeith Morris would have been over that scuffle and be like, get the fuck away from Bertans. That's what they're missing. They don't have an enforcer on their team. Russ brings energy. He's not an enforcer, though. They don't have an enforcer on their team because, like, the couple times with Embiid, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, it, and, and this is something you wouldn't have to tell Markeith Morris. He would have hard fouled him. Mm-hmm. He would have hard fouled him, put his hands up in the air, and took the foul. But you're not going to keep coming in this paint and just having your little jumpers and shit. You're not, nah, we're not doing that party. It's, it, you you got to pay for this. Well, brother, we got game two. Um, let me shoot. When is game two? Day after tomorrow? Probably. Let me see. Games. Uh, Wednesday, May twenty sixth. Yeah. So we ain't, we got to wait till Wednesday. But as of right now, I thought this was gonna be the year that you know all the Washington teams went deep into the playoffs, but. It looked like it may be the end of the road for our Capitals. Um, down 3-1 right now to the Bruins. Uh, also down 3-1 in the series. So this is game five. Um, so we, 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 we might not get that, uh, that, that trip to the Stanley Cup finals. Um, but it, it's, it's a bitter pill that I'm not ready to accept right now. But. It is what it is, but we're going to move on. And let's talk about what it is, what it is. And you may mention the Kwame Brown earlier in this broadcast. And you brought something to my attention um, yesterday. And I did not see it the way you said it 
until we really had a real conversation about it. So <clears throat> yesterday, uh, you sent me a post. And Kwame Brown said this. He said, they used to force me to work two and a half hours, work out two and a half hours before games. Then they sat me on the bench until we were down by 30 with a couple of minutes left in the game. As soon as I made a little mistake, the coach would be on the sidelines cursing and ranting like we were losing the games because of me. Mm -hmm. MJ never wanted me on the Wizards from day one. He drafted me to trade for Elton Brand, but the owner of the Wizards blocked the trade. <clears throat> they used to bring in old veterans in the practice just to have them foul me and beat the crap out of me every day. I had Charles Oakley threatening to beat me up. I was an 18-year-old uh, 18 18-year-old kid. Y'all thought I was weak. I'm one of the strongest men y'all know. If y'all experienced what I experienced at the age of 18, y'all have been looking for the highest bridge to jump from. I told my mama that the, at the age of five, I would move her out of the projects. I was a free lunch kid with holes in my shoes. I bought my mama a new house and a golf course at the age of 18, and y'all spent 20 years trashing me and calling me a bum. I graduated high school with honors. I qualified academically to attend the University of Florida on a full-ride scholarship. I lasted 12 years in the NBA, and y'all made me the poster boy for being a loser. If that's what a loser looks like, then more black boys should become losers. Kwame Bryant. And we've been now when you talking about this back and forth. Can you hear me? Yeah, he. Okay, we got a little robotic, but we've been talking about this back and forth. And because I, I don't like to take one side, you know that I want to hear both sides. Um, we've always said from the beginning that Jordan failed Kwame Brown before any of this came out. Now, yes, we make fun of Kwame Brown, but we're making fun of Kwame Brown, the NBA player. Okay, not mm -hmm. Kwame Brown, the man. And the more and more comes out, what he's saying is it falls in line with the Wizards slash Bullets organization. Because for a long time, Gilbert and that crew bought them out of the dumps. John and Brad, when they first started, bought them back up. But this team was known for not developing their own players, laughing stock of the league, letting players go to win championships. Rasheed, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace. Chris Webber didn't win a championship, but I mean, he, was, he just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. These were all bullets slash wizards. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I told you the other day, I had an epiphany, and I don't know why it hit me. I said, you know, because I think you were talking about the move Jordan made to get under salary cap and trade out Jawan's contract, and I said, you know what? I don't think Jordan had anything to do with anything. I, just, I think Jordan was there to be a face, to sell some tickets, and send in the owner box and wave. I don't think he had anything. He might have called because, you know, he's Michael Jordan and made a connection. But I think the real GM, whoever the assistant GM was in the team or whoever his assistant was and the team president, I think he had those sides. But whoever was behind the scenes, behind Jordan, was orchestrating that. Jordan might have been in the room touching the papers, been on the phone call. Oh, man, let me talk to MJ. Hey, what's up, MJ? Yeah, we'll do it, man. We'll do it for you. Just because you MJ, man. We'll do it. We'll take Jawan Howard's contract. I don't think it was no, like, MJ staying up to 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, crunching numbers, trying to figure this, that, and the other. I don't think it was that. I think it was just a true show pony. 
<clears throat> you know what? And I, I told you, I said, I think I think you were right. Uh, I'm looking at the roster. That was um, – what year was that? Uh, that was uh, 2000? 2000, 2001, something like that. Yeah, 2000, 2001, because Jordan's still in the office. Um, at midseason, Jawan Howell, who grew disgruntled with the team and all his failures, was traded along with second-year center Calvin Booth to the Dallas Mavericks for Christian Layton, Lloyd Vault, Hubert Davis, Courtney Alexander, and Eton Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eton Thomas was injured at the time. But the thing is that that move was pulled off. And I, I was like, you know, that was because nobody ever thought that that $105 million contract that Jawan signed with the Wizards, that it was going to be anything. And um, then you look at it, and that team didn't win very much that year. Uh, what, were they, what was their record? 19 and 63. And then you go to the following year, which is Kwame Brown's rookie year. You know, he brought in a Jordan, – Jordan's a loyal guy. He doesn't bring in people that are always capable – he brings in people that are loyal to him. He brought in uh, Doug Collins as the head coach. He had uh, Hubert Davis, UNC guy. Mm-hmm. They had Rip Hamilton. He brought in Brendan Hayward, UNC guy. Yep. Uh, Popeye Jones, Christian Leitner, dream team guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Jahadi White, Georgetown guy. You know, it, it, if you look at this, you look at at the the overall makeup of the teams with the Wizards. He never brought guys in that could uh, really compete. You know, he brought in a Charles Oakley, an older Charles Oakley at that. He brought in guys that he was friends with, and he pretty much hooked his friends up with jobs. Um, I think at one point in time, even Patrick Ewing was on the coaching staff at one point in time. Um, but up in the front office, you had A. Poland. And Wes Unsell was the general manager while Jordan was playing. But, you know, Wes was always in Abe's ear. You know, because Abe trusted Wes more than anybody. Yeah, right. He was his number one guy. Right. You know, you bring us a championship. I'm, you know, Wes Unsell lasted from the 60s to the, what, 2010s? And, and it, this is going to be unpopular opinion probably. But Wes Unsell is one of the main reasons why the Wizards Bullets franchise was where it was. Because he was a horrible GM. He was a horrible GM. The 90s, Bullets, all the players I named, Wes had his hands on majority of them. Rasheed, I believe Ben, Ben Wallace, mm-hmm. Weber, Howard. Mm-hmm. He had his hands on, I don't think he had his hands on Rip. Did he have his hands y- on Yes, he did. He had his hands on Rip Hamilton? Mm-hmm. So he built a championship team. And then dismantled it. And and they just could <clears throat> never develop their own people. The Wizards, I, I, I don't want to play what if, but the, that, that 2000, I think it was 2004 championship, that's basically the, the, the Detroit Wizards. Mm-hmm. That should have technically been the Wizards championship. But, you know, like I said, you know, I know a lot of people don't like playing what if, but I'm just saying. 
Rasheed, Rip, Ben Wallace. You put the team together, you know, you could have had the same result. It was just, it was the same downfall Mike had with Kwame Brown. Let's get in. You know, I know we we talking about Kwame Brown. Mike, the way Mike played ball, coming up in the 80s, facing the bad boy Pistons, didn't work in, in 2001, 2002, whenever Kwame was drafted. That, that, that you, you're taking an 18-year-old kid, because Kwame Brown is our age. I think he's 39, mm-hmm. right? So you're taking a kid that idolized you growing up, watched you play, watched your six championships, and now you know you're on the stage with him. You're holding your jersey up, number one, number one. I mean, he, you, like you told me, he was Mr. Uh, Basketball Georgia. You don't you don't become Mr. Basketball Georgia on fucking accident, okay? Um, they can say what they want about him. He had small hands, this, that, and other. Fuck all that, okay? What I'm saying is, Mike tried to take what he knew, what we saw in the last dance last year and apply it to a young kid that that's not in that same realm of player, the generation that the 2000s is not wasn't the 90s ball, wasn't 80s ball. It, It evolved. And even though it wasn't no social media, the players um, reacted to things differently. So I think when he got to, when he went back to the court and like Kwame Brown said, you know, when they're doing all this stuff to him, they, he broke Kwame Brown. Mm-hmm. He broke Kwame Brown. And it, Mike needed to be a nurturer and not a, a disciplinarian, if that makes sense. It does. He, he, need, he needed to bring him along slow. Uh, I know you said Lajuan was playing in the league, but that don't stop shit. They, hey, go. I'm going to call a couple people. I want you to go down to Phoenix. He get there, Lajuan, David Robinson there. You know what I'm saying? Well, Tim Duncan didn't like him, so Tim wouldn't be there. Um, but you get some big man. Patrick Ewan was retired, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you get some big man. Hey, go down here. You know, take a vacation. I got some people that I want you to meet. He get down. They walk in the gym. David Robinson there. Lajuan there. They playing pickup games. Schooling them. All right, nah. You know, your your footwork is shit. Let me show you something. Let me do this. Put this in your game. Add this. Work on this. Be at the gym here five tomorrow. We're gonna work on that before we play, you know, play some pickup games. He didn't get that. You know what I'm saying? He should have got that. He should have got that. He was, like I said, and then he left the Wizards to go play with Kobe. You know, the Lakers are taking the chance like, man, this boy's 6'11", 270. We can work with him. We got Phil. We can work with him. Phil's like, let me work with him. He probably called MJ. And MJ probably lied because, you know, MJ's a prideful dude. He's not going to admit to drafting a bus. Like, we can work with him. He get there, he get the same exact thing because he's going to Kobe Bryant now. Kobe Bryant's a cutthroat competitor. He getting the same exact thing. And then guess what? At this point in his career, they're not willing to, nobody's developing anything. Nobody's working. Kobe's trying to win a championship. You know, without Shaq, he's trying to prove himself now without Shaq. So Kwame Brown comes in and gets basically the same, you know, 
just <laughs> it's a meme going around where it's a picture of Jordan yelling at Kwame Brown and that same picture of Kobe. And it's like this man has to have PTSD. Yeah. So he didn't his foundation he got drafted in was wasn't laid right. And that is the bullets slash wizard slash Michael Jordan's that's on their hands. Now, I'm looking at this and I'm reading. Uh he rejected they they were going to give him a contract extension and he rejected a five-year 30 million dollar contract this is what he was talking about his beef with gilbert arenas okay he's he said you know gilbert took money out of his mouth he was looking at i think like six for 85 he said now i don't know why they would give him six for 85 when he was improving but that second contract wouldn't have been 85 million but five he rejected 530 and said he wanted to go test free agency they wound up trading him and LeRon Prophet uh, to the Lakers. That's how they got Karan Butler and, Ch- and Chucky Atkins. That was the, the summer of building the big three. And he also beefed with Gilbert Arenas here. He beefed with Eddie Jordan. So he's, you know, he's gone. He goes to uh, L.A. and he really doesn't get much going, you know, because he raises averages to 6.3 rebounds, 6.1 points i'm sorry 12.3 rebounds 12.3 points 9.1 rebounds and he started in the playoffs but they couldn't get over the hump he was not that guy and i I get everything you're saying about how mj broke him and you know we all respond to things differently but knowing that they intentionally beat him up i'm like okay he was if he wasn't responding to that when you first did it you should have took a different approach because everybody now you and I would have responded differently. We would have fought back. And when he says uh, they worked him out two and a half hours before games, mm-hmm. I'm I, like, what I told him, like, damn, did he work with a trainer? Nope. Or did they really work his ass out and beat the shit out of him? I think they worked him out and beat the shit out of him. And that's bad. How is he going to play after that? Then you hold him on the bench. And I understand he's a rookie, but he's the number one, num- the number one, number one pick. And the thing is, being the number one, number one pick, you're supposed to be the one that turns the franchise around. And he feel now he's not the poster boys for being bums, but he, he's on that poster. But he's not the only one there. Because I sent you a list the other night and I said, all of these guys right here are bums. And they were and they were bums when they came into the league. They were bums when they left. Mm-hmm. And. That, that is, that's not taking a shot at them as men. That's taking a shot at them as players because they didn't develop into the player that they could have been or the player they were in college. But I also told you um, it's other names because everybody was looking at Kwame Brown as being the next Kevin Garnett. You know, the ferocious dude that you see now that's in the Hall of Fame. They wanted him to be the next Moses Malone. You know, 21-year career. Highlights out of highlights, you know. But that's not him. That wasn't him. But he's not the only one that lives in that life. He doesn't live in that lane alone. Look at Sam Bowie, Purvis Ellison. Hell, look at Ronnie Fields. Look at Victor Page. Guys that had supreme talent when they were on the level before the NBA, but either they never made it to the NBA or when they got there, they couldn't play. They couldn't hack it. It happens. And I believe, I don't know why, but when Kwame Brown talks sometimes, that country accent come out and I can close my eyes and I hear Carl Malone talking. 
Because he sounds just like Carl Malone. But I'm like, dog, you're, you're a success because, you're number one, you're still here. Number two, you didn't blow your money and you're not broke. You're still functioning. You still have money coming in. And I get that you're upset, but it's a 20-year grudge. Now, if you want to come out and you want to tell your story, I say do just that. And if he if he don't turn this shit into a podcast series where he starts from the beginning to the end, I'm going to be a little upset my goddamn self. I'm going to have to come at him about that because, dog, you're telling stuff that nobody knew. Nobody knew your side of the story. Now, granted, did it piss me off? Yes, it did. Because I was like, dog, you, you bringing up stuff from 20 years ago about what these three dudes saying. But I didn't know that they fuck with him like that. Like they were, you know, really beefing with him. Right. But now Steven Jackson is saying, you know, hey, I'm in Atlanta. We can talk one on one. You got bring in whoever you want if you feel comfortable. But I'm coming by myself. We can sit down and hash this out. And I'm hoping that he does. I'm hoping they sit down and they hash it out. And he he gets his feelings out. I do I, I never wanted to invalidate his feelings. It was his approach that bothered me. And you and I talked about it. We talked about the whole Jamel Hill thing. Um, I felt that that was a little overboard. And, you know, whenever I see things a certain way, you've always been the, 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 the calming light. So, you know, you come through and you tell me something. I'm like, all right, I ain't look at it that way. Be got a point. You know, because I, I be on the edge looking down into the abyss like, fuck it, let's go to the abyss. And, you know, B's all the way, always the one pulling me back like, nah, we're not going into the abyss. It's not the time. So I got to back up off the ledge. And that's where I was at. And and I and I definitely understand that. And when we talked about the whole Jamel thing, Jamel Hill thing, it's just like, you know, look, you know, certain people get paid to voice their opinions and talk about sports. And Jamel Hill's one of those people. And it's a part of the, the game, like when something's on fire and the whole Kwame Brown situation, Matt Barnes and his return videos, Steven Jackson, Gilbert Arenas posted some stuff. This is on fire. If you want to get into the fire, you can't afraid when, when, when you get burned. You can't, you can't afraid to be burned. So she knows that. She knows that. And, then, you know, it's just like, and, you know, me and you talked about it. It's just like when you say something about something, you got to be just like our podcast. We say something about somebody and somebody come firing back at it. We got to be ready to take that. You know what I'm saying? Take it full flare. And, I, you know, we'll take it, you know. But I'm like you. I would love for him to document just like 83 weeks of Eric Bischoff. I would love for Kwame to sit down and document from the beginning to the end. I, I know he has stories to tell. He played with MJ and Kobe. I know he got plenty of stories to tell. You know, coaching, how he was treated, especially the Wizards. Everybody want to hear that shit. Everybody want to hear from, from draft all the way up until, you know, MJ coming down to the floor and playing, how that was and, and everything else. And he, he has his own YouTube channel. And I said, you know, I'm trying to sit down and watch some of his videos, especially the last couple of ones. So, you know, I could, you know, like I said, he's a, he's a, he's a very intelligent dude. And I understand, you know, 20 years is a long time to hold that. And like, and like you said, for whatever reason, he said the same thing. For whatever reason, he's been to put the poster boy of NBA bus. And a couple of years ago, we just had Anthony Bennett do absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
like for me, you know, we joke around, you know, I call him the most productive NBA bus in history because he had a 12-year career. That's 12 true. 12 years. So Anthony Bennett was out the league in what, two, three years? Was it even, did Anthony, let me look that up real quick. I want to know, if, did he even play a game? Because I don't remember him playing. He played, he played, I remember him playing and I don't know what, what happened from, from there to going to the pros. I, I, I just, I don't know, but. Cleveland Cavaliers, Minnesota Timberwolves. Yep. Toronto Raptors and Raptors 905, the Brooklyn Nets, the Long Island Nets. Then he went overseas, came back, North Northern Arizona Suns, Maine Red Claws, and the Clippers G League. He won Euro, he's a Euro League champion. But that's about it. He got a he I know he was making a comeback. But I don't think anybody would touch him. No. But see, the thing is with Kwame Brown. The thing that always came out about him, and I, me and you were talking about it yesterday, was work ethic. That's the same thing with Anthony Bennett. It was work ethic. And, you know, the whole the biggest story was, you know, he said he had a stomach ache and he went out to eat because he didn't want to practice. He's 18. I mean, you expect that, but you also got a job to do. Yeah, and but, they claimed that he, would, he didn't want to work. That was the claim. And that's what I'm saying. Just like our government tells us stuff and then we go find out the truth. You know what I'm saying? We always heard from Doug Collins, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. and, and various other players. We never heard his side. And now that his side come up, it's just like, I'm, I believe him more than anybody else. Yeah. You know, now that he's talking about things and, you know, putting things out there that happen, you know, it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? You know, he. I mean, it's like, what does he have to lose? You've been talking about him. Everybody's been talking about cooling us for 20 years, calling him a bus, a bum, whatever you, you know, whatever the names you, you called him. So what, what does he have to lose? Come out lying. But when you call him a bus, it's not a, a knock on him as a person. He didn't produce in the NBA. You're a number one, number one. And, that's and yep. Yep. Go ahead. Six and a half point six rebounds and that and, and six eleven. And that's the thing. As a number one, number one, you're a bust. If he was a 28th overall pick or a second round pick, he would have had a, a normal NBA career. Exactly. As a, as a number one, number one, you're a bust. But it's people that can't have never made it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. We haven't played the NBA. And if, you know, like I said, everything is opinion. Everybody has a podcast. Everybody has a YouTube channel now. Everybody get you, you're you have a right to give your opinion. And then at the same time, whoever you're giving your opinion about has the right to counter what you said. And you have to be prepared for that. And I think the Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, uh, all the smoke pot, I think it just got out of hand. Like, I'm like you. I would love for them to sit down and talk. And that that's probably going to be that you probably couldn't talk about all that in one podcast. Mm-mm. You know, that's going to be multiple podcasts. I would love to, to talk and let him get his side of the story out. You know, we know MJ was a shitty person. That's, you know, everybody knows that. Well, he's admitted it himself. Exactly. MJ admitted that, you know, was I a tyrant? Yes. And Bill Winnington say, was was he an asshole? Yes. But it's what we needed. Mm-hmm. It's what we needed to win. Him being an asshole got me three championships. And that's what... Um, Damn, I lost my train of thought. Oh, that's what that's what the players needed in the 80s and the 90s. 
But you can't, you, if MJ came, if you, for some reason, they revitalized MJ and gave him his, his 90 body. And he's trying to bring them same taxes to a team now, it wouldn't work. No. It wouldn't work. He, he would be a hell of a player, but he would alienate, alienate everybody just like he did on that Wizards team. Yeah, because nobody responded to things like that because you can't yell at a player as a coach. You can't let, yell at a player as a player because they get upset. Now, like I always say, you and I, we are different. If we're playing, and we we played ball together a lot over the years, Delonte, Paul, if one of us fucked up and somebody else yelled at him, you're like, all right, I got it. It wasn't like, oh, I'm not talking to you for the rest of the day. Don't speak to me. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. I know I rode with you, but I'll walk home type shit. It wasn't like that. It was, no, nah, I got to get your head in this game because, you know, we down. Yeah. Let's, let's pick it up. But everybody does not respond like that. It, it. Let's just say, and I'm willing to admit this, I had a change of heart because I was I hard on Kwame Brown. Yeah, I'm as a player. Yeah, because I'm like he had the prime opportunity to do something big, and it's like. Well, damn dog, you, you didn't you didn't get it done, you know. And I've always been a fan of his, but when, once they poison your mind to him, you like okay, all right, he don't want to work, he lazy, he this, he that. Come to find out, it was none of that. It was none of that at all. And, it's crazy, man. And this is something that people have to learn from, and and know that you got to get everybody. And this, me and my wife talk about it all the time. You get one side of the story. Okay, where the, where the other two sides of the story? As you mm. as, as you start hearing things and learning about things, and look, we all we put our foot in our mouth plenty of times on the show, off air. You can't speak on things unless you know each side of the story. You can give your opinion on what's out there, but you got to give your opinion. Um, with a grain of salt because you, you don't know the other sides of the story. Now, if everybody like everybody came to the table, if for whatever reason they had MJ talk about this, they had Rip Hamilton, they had Charles Oakley, you know what I'm saying, people that played with him, you know, and LA coaches talk. Now you can talk about everything because you got everybody's side of the story. And something, you know, you'd be like, oh man, that don't make sense because such just said this, that, and the other. We know what we've been told, and now Kwame's coming out telling a whole different side of the story, and it's like, wow, damn, okay. So, brother, well, we need bro- to get out of here, man. Yes, we do. I was looking at the time, but the, the conversation got good. But uh, we we wrapping this up. This is done. This is Sunday Rise from the sideline junkies uh i wanted to get to lady c who has joined us tonight and tell so she could tell her joe theisman story from the other night she met him face to face and lost her shit so um we'll have to get her in here on tuesday or thursday or something but until then that's the boss bj i'm the big guy kg we don't do no overtime we are out of here peace